0: This is an RNZ podcast. Back in February, after an awful lot of consultation, lobbying and eventually discussions in Cabinet, the government unveiled the Public Interest Journalism Fund, $55 million for the media, over three years. They said this would help sustain at-risk local news and journalism, and in the big picture it would be a contribution to a healthy democracy. And recently it announced a contribution of more than 100 new jobs for journalists, which we'll hear about in a minute. This is the biggest single public investment in journalism for decades, and media companies, big and small, local and national, can all apply to the fund via the government's broadcasting funding agency, New Zealand On Air, which said it would spend the fund's money in three ways. On specific journalism projects to be delivered to the public to a deadline, on industry development, things like cadetships, training and capacity building, and on actually employing reporters in newsrooms around the country. And that last one is a bit of a break from the past. While successive governments have funded public broadcasting for decades, and in recent years also funded journalism at private media companies too, it hasn't actually covered the cost of news journalists and reporters at those media companies. Now that changed with the launch of the local democracy reporting service in 2019, which paid for eight reporters in regional newsrooms around the country and is now being expanded to 20 at a wider range of media outlets. And predictably, most media companies have welcomed all of this investment. But opposition politicians reckoned it just might make the media reluctant to bite the government hand that's feeding them in the future. And it is certainly a political construction. The fund was overseen by the Ministry for Culture and Heritage and New Zealand On Air, whose board members are appointed by the Minister of Broadcasting. Just after the launch of the fund, Nationals Broadcasting spokesperson Melissa Lee even asked the bosses of state-owned TVNZ and RNZ during their annual reviews in Parliament if they'd run shy in the future of stories that could bring down ministers or even the government if they feared losing this funding. They both said no, and the Minister of Broadcasting and Media, Chris Farfoy, said that neither he nor his peers could have any say in where the public's money went. I am confident that any decisions that made uh, around any of the funding support that we have, um, that we have uh, announced recently uh, is completely and utterly uh, clear of any ministerial involvement and uh, quite rightly is undertaken by New Zealand on air. Since then, the National Party leader Judith Collins has also asked the Prime Minister in Parliament if this funding is buying the media's compliance, and she said so in a few interviews, including this one.
1: Well, that actually, you know, you have to wonder, does that buy compliance or what? Um, And if it doesn't buy compliance, then why is part of that? Are there conditions in that that says that you've got to be seen to be promoting the principles of the Treaty of Waitangi? What the hell has this got to do with it? You're talking about free media, free speech... And you've got a government going around telling people, well, well, we'll help you out in the media because we think it's good to have a media, but you have to say what we think you should say. I just don't, I don't buy it, and I don't think media should be buying it either. But quite often, obviously. Some have completely dropped the call rate.
0: That was in July, just after New Zealand On Air spent the first $10 million from the fund on a range of projects with about 40% benefiting Māori journalism, including a training programme to train and hire 25 new journalists and cadets. Another decision, one the government may not be too thrilled about, was funding for the online service Business Desk to investigate how our public service measures up. And recently, Business Desk hired a former political editor turned public servant, Nicotin Sally, as the editor for that. In June, the editor of Stuff, Patrick Crudson, reassured his readers there was a church and state divide separating the newsroom from any source of financial influence, whether the money comes from advertisers or the public. He said Stuff has been getting money from New Zealand on air for years for investigations, podcasts and video projects. Likewise, production companies could also seek funding for projects that Stuff itself publishes. In an article headlined Why Government Money Doesn't Corrupt Our Journalism, he said it wouldn't even enter a journalist's head to pull their punches to protect a funder. And he pointed to journalism already funded by New Zealand on air for stuff, such as its multimedia series Life and Limb, all about casualties caused by New Zealand's involvement in Afghanistan. But the fear that the fund does, or will, compromise the independence of our media, either editorial or financial, has also come from former journalists. Former newspaper editor Carl Dufresne calls it the the project, and former Metro and North and South journalist and columnist Graham Adams claimed the idea that much political coverage is now heavily influenced by the fund is widespread. And when controversial Magic talk host Peter Williams, who was no fan of the Ardern government, retired suddenly earlier this month, some of his disappointed fans thought the funding was part of the reason.
1: Your parent company, News Hub, have had their snout in the trough of this um, journalist fund, the $55 million fund, and uh, it comes with strings attached, and he's gone. Um, And and what a shame. So that's why I do feel...
0: But um, there's something really fishy going on, and I think because he wasn't speaking from the pulpit of truth from Jacinda's platform, um, and he didn't go along her parallels that... Um, Somewhere along the line, he's been bumped off whether uh, Magic Talk gets its funding from the government or whatever. But um, Peter didn't go willingly. Late last week, the Public Interest Journalism Fund announced its biggest outlay yet for employing journalists in new roles, in most cases, for a period of two years. And the big media companies were big beneficiaries. For example, Stuff gets just under $3 million to hire 20 journalists for Community News and its Māori initiative, Potiaki. NZME, owner of The Herald, gets about the same for 15 roles for Te Pātiti, reporting on justice in the courts, which will end up in 11 different publications. The Otago Daily Times publisher, Allied Press, gets $700,000 for four new staff and Discovery New Zealand gets the same sum for three new News Hub journalists. And Māori Television gets more than $1.5 million for seven new journalist jobs. TVNZ, meanwhile, gets money for two new roles for TVNZ News, while $3.5 million will boost the local democracy reporting scheme administered by RNZ to take on 20 reporters around the country. And there's more. Website The Spin-Off gets money for two new staff. Magazines, North and South, Metro and new publisher School Road all get money for new staff as well, along with more than a dozen smaller local news publishers and broadcasters. All this money will be a godsend for editors and managers around the country managing on tight margins in tight times. But what do we get for our money? I asked New Zealand On Air's head of journalism, Raewyn Rash. Well, let's look at some of the big ticket items, if I can put it like that. Um, for example, uh, there's 15 new roles created in a project that's called Open Justice uh, Te Pāti. Um, that's yeah, about three million dollars going to this. Builders are a scheme to fill gaps in court reporting and ensuring the public is better informed in these critical areas. What do you think will be the output of that, and where will people see it?
1: So they'll they'll see it in their local newspapers because the the scheme is is pretty much nationwide. Um, uh, NZME have sort of, um, are working alongside Allied Press, so Allied Press down in, in the south of the south will um, cover that area. And it is one of those areas where we, we identify there has been a fall in the number of um, journalists able to cover court. Uh, court reporting is is time-consuming. Uh, it's expensive to a degree because you need experienced journalists. So this is one of the ways the fund can support the sort of regeneration of that kind of news gathering, but it will also provide that nationwide um, ability to look at issues of justice so that we can have a, you know, some deep dives into, you know, why is it taking so long for cases to come to court. And does that happen in Rotorua? Is that the same as what happens in Dunedin? And, you know, really start to sort of pull out some of these issues around justice.
0: But it won't be uh, actually nationwide, though, will it? Maybe in Dunedin, where the ODT is, and in Rotorua, where NZME has a paper. Uh, that's fine, but all the other NZME papers are, are up in North Ireland. Um, so I mean, this, this, for example, won't be available to newspapers published by Stuff and other parts of the, the country?
1: Well, this is an NZME proposal, and they have partnered with RNZ and Allied. So we can only fund what people bring to us, and this scheme was brought to us. It it absolutely meets the needs that we identified, so it has been funded. And
0: another big-ticket item stuff, uh, 20 roles. This is quite a boost uh, for community reporting and uh, Portiaki, which is um, its... Uh, te Ao Māori reporting at News Features, Opinion and Analysis featuring Māori Voices and Exploring uh, the Māori World. Um, the community reporting, that's interesting because uh, because of its economic problems, stuff closed or sold, um, I think, somewhere around about 25 community titles and the roles that went with them uh, a, a few years ago. Uh, is this basically an opportunity for them to resurrect what they had to uh, close down?
1: I'm not sure we'll, whether we'll necessarily resurrect, but we'll certainly support um, the ongoing, you know, the titles that they currently have, um, that journalism. And we, we, again, you know, we realise that that local journalism is really important to really provide um, good, solid local coverage uh, where it can. No, so nine roles are for the uh, Potiaki area, and that will expand ban that to other sort of other regions because I think uh, it's, its workforce has limited it to you know very much sort of Auckland based but this will give that regional coverage as well
0: So another thing is the expansion of the local democracy reporting service. And this, I guess, was the kind of groundbreaker in all this, Um, you know, before the Public Interest Journalism Fund was up and running. This was the first thing really where uh, the public purse ended up funding reporters that sat in local existing newspaper newsrooms uh, for the first time. So that's now being expanded to, I think, uh, 20 jobs. So is all that now coming on board? The whole project will now be funded via the Public Interest
1: Journalism Fund? Yes, yes, basically it's come into our fund. So it's it's 18 reporters and two support staff, and those 18 reporters basically are based around the country in um, a variety of newsrooms, and uh, those 18 staff uh, will then be producing stories that actually spread to 26 newsrooms. Hmm.
0: I wonder, though, if there's the potential for some double-ups just looking at that geographic spread. For example, there's a separate... Uh, role being created a part-time one at the Central App in Otago, also one at the Ashburton Guardian, uh, a local uh, newspaper there. So, I mean, couldn't these have come into the local democracy reporting service?
1: The Central App is a very small one and um, it's a a hyper-local scheme. So it's not really at the scale at which it could come into the LDR. So we wanted to support that. There's another and the LDR reporters are very much, uh, you know, confined to to reporting on issues um, of local government, and uh, don't really um, do sort of any sort of mainstream reporting that that a paper might want them to do.
0: Established broadcast newsrooms have have done well out of this too. But for example, uh, so News NewsHub I think have three roles funded from this TVNZ too. But why was it necessary for you know such established and market leading? Uh, commercial news newsrooms, um to be able to dip into this fund to add a couple more roles?
1: So these are roles that those organisations haven't been able to fund themselves. I mean, TVNZ, for instance, this is the first of um, what we're calling the Partnership Editor Scheme, a Māori um, a role at the senior executive level to provide that kind of Māori oversight uh, at the very um, top levels of, of news and current affairs at TVNZ. And the second role will support that um, position because of the, it's just the large scale number of um, news and current affairs um, uh, programs within the TVNZ um, slate. So they'll be able to actually uh, work and ensure that the sort of decisions that get made at that sort of executive level can actually be um, uh, carried out at, at, at a program level. Is it around... Uh, translations of things. Is it around supporting um, tikanga within individual stories? So um, those two roles are very exciting and we'll start to see some of those um, those roles actually appear in other uh, proposals um, I think in coming rounds. Uh, the uh, News Hub roles, again, a Pacifica reporter, an Asian reporter and a Maori affairs reporter. So those, again, really um, important roles that um, neither of those organisations feel that they're um, able to fund themselves currently.
0: In terms of that partnership editor role, I mean, there have been political uh, objections or questions raised about this. For example, uh, whether they would have a role in basically monitoring whether media companies are uh, abiding by the principles of Te Tiriti o Waitangi and raising objections to that, saying this isn't actually consistent with um, a free media that makes its own editorial decisions. I mean, is the role of a partnership editor to actually edit or even censor stories if they don't think they're consistent with the
1: principles of te Tiriti? No, I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, I think that I, I, these roles are to enable a newsroom to have a, a Māori lens across the decisions that are made every day. This is really important, um, an important change, a transformational change within our newsrooms. I think Māori deserve a seat at that executive table. I I cannot understand how that would be a bad thing.
0: Right, so it's an executive thing. It's not necessarily an on-program editorial um, scrutiny kind of role.
1: Well, all editorial decisions are made on based on fairness and you know uh, balance, all of those journalistic things. And one of those journalistic things surely should be that it has uh, that is fair to to Māori. So I. Still don't quite understand why that should be problematic. They will sit at the at the executive level like any other executive and and help shape the the news agenda for whichever organisation they are a part of. Their job will be to provide a Maori lens across the decisions that are made. Māori lens has not been there up until now. Then that's the deficit.
0: Now in the last round that was content-based uh, funding back in July, uh, 40% of that r- roundabout was targeted at specific Māori content, and there's some more this time. So seven roles for Māori television are being funded from this new fund. That'll take about um, up- upwards of a million and a half dollars. And there's also uh, some funding for uh, Radio Watia, uh, which is going to get six and a half. Roles um, for funded for one year, um, so that's quite a, a big and significant boost. But and, and there's a whole like parallel Māori funding agency, uh, Te Munga Pahu exists. Is it not doubling up to have you know effectively two, two uh, public funding agencies funding the same new services for Māori audiences?
1: Um, it's not doubling up, and we do work um, very closely with Te Munga to ensure that what we're funding isn't. Um, duplicating what they're funding, to a large degree their funding is is designated towards ensuring the survival of te reo Māori. Māori television, for instance, is not funded to to produce news and current affairs. It chooses to produce news and current affairs, but it needs more support to do that. And so providing these roles is really important. And the other aspect to it is, of course, that Māori television, Radio Watia, have been essentially become the default training organization for Maori journalists who then go on to um, populate the rest of the industry, providing these roles i 'm sure that that will go on to support the wider industry in, in helping us to grow um, both quantity and quality of maori journalists is there anything
0: specific in the output that you 're hoping for, say for the addition of these seven Roles in, in Māori television, the specific changes in, in news or specific new programs and news or current affairs, and journalism that you hope will, will come out of it, and also at um, at Radio watia
1: we're really just supporting the of Māori journalism to ensure that we've got um, the ability for those organisations to hire senior staff who can mentor and grow grow others. So that's really important. Um, I think. The, once we give them more staff, their ability to to produce news and current affairs will be enhanced. So um, we, we haven't you know I mean m- all of those roles are to produce news and current affairs for their current programs, so we have no expectation that that will and uh, that there will be you know other programs coming that that will be up to those organisations as to how they use those roles.
0: But we've seen, like with the COVID wage subsidy, people saying retrospectively, well, that company never needed the money. Was was part of the conditions to actually look at their bottom lines and say, well, does this company really need the money or, uh, you know, is it financially stable? Could Was one of the questions, could you have funded this role you now want to
1: create uh, with your own revenue and income? I think we always ask people that, that question. <laughs> the answer is always no. Um but uh, I think we we did differentiate between non-incremental roles and incremental roles. So where uh, someone uh, wanted to uh, basically uh, fund their current workforce, they have had to meet a much higher uh, bar that, that is definitely around, is this role at risk and you need to demonstrate that? And we have a number of, of those roles which are now facing a much, um, uh, more intensive interrogation of how and why that role may need funding. That is a question we ask everyone. Um, could you fund this yourself? And of these roles, the, the answer was no.
0: The salaries for these roles, this has um, raised some eyebrows among journalists because they're looking at those sort of headline sums for each organisation. And I note that We'll take one example here north and south magazine one roll for uh the uh, for the magazine uh, up to two hundred and thirty thousand dollars uh the spin off two rolls uh, up to four hundred and Twenty-seven thousand eight hundred dollars. So these for a couple of years. So journalists are looking at that, dividing them by two, and thinking, hmm, those are six-figure salaries, which are pretty hard to come by for journalists and reporters. Uh, I, I note it does say up to, but does that mean that these roles are actually going to be, you know, paid uh, or remunerated pretty much at salaries that people aren't often enjoying at our mainstream media companies these days?
1: No, we've 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 tried to ensure that. Um, you know, we created, you know, or, or worked within the the salary bands that exist uh, currently. We averaged out, you know, the entire round because obviously um, many people uh, asked for more than we could provide, and we also talked to uh, used information from um, the unions to to look at the sort of salary bands that that they have for journalists. So we've tried to keep it within certain bands but we we acknowledge that actually, just because we've funded one hundred and ten roles doesn't mean to say that those one hundred and ten roles will be recruited, and we have done everything we can to try and ensure that that um, media organizations you know could uh, could pr- recruit those roles. We do want to see the industry grow so um, how some of those roles, um, you know, have different costs associated with them. It's not entirely salary, um, you know. So there, we have done everything that we can to try and ensure that there is fairness across the board. But that is always going to be, you know, it's it's always going to be a really tricky situation. And um, there were very little guidelines for us to work uh, to. So we've we've done what we can to provide. Some sort of sense that actually these roles are, uh, you know, are, are going to be attractive to to journalists because, um, you know, one of the questions that this round sort of has is is are there 110 journalists out there waiting for the phone to ring to say, you know, here's a job for you? So, and we realise that that, you know, this this question may may not be fully answered unless we um, unless we ask it and. The, 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 uh, what we have done is create a sort of cutoff point. So the roles have to be fun, uh, have to be uh, recruited uh, by uh, early January. At which point, if they haven't been, then that money will come back into the fund so that we can um, redirect it. So that will give us. I said by so that by that January um, cutoff point, we'll have an understanding of just you know the size of the available journalism workforce. And that will give us, you know, so how much is actually spent out of this round will, will really be dependent upon that.
0: Right. So journalists just looking at the sum shouldn't necessarily just divide by two and then apply for the jobs and expect they're going to get that salary if they're the, uh, the lucky uh, applicant.
1: No, not necessarily, because there were, yeah, there, were, there were costs and various things associated with the roles that had to be taken into consideration as well. Well,
0: we've talked about some of the bigger Organizations, but as you've pointed out, this is nationwide uh, organizations, large and small, uh, some established, some quite new. But I'm wondering what the rationale was for some, say, for example, um, Crux. Publishing. This is um, an online startup. It's been going a few years now uh, for the Southern Lakes District. They were annoyed about being left out of the local democracy reporting service because they weren't an established newspaper newsroom. Uh, they've created content. They've had New Zealand only funding for video projects, for example, and kind of demonstrated. Uh, their worth and ability to report news from their area. So I kind of get why one role would be funded there. But, for example, School Road Publishing is another one, one role for one of their titles, Woman Magazine. Now, this was founded out of the collapse of the Bauer Media Company. People who'd worked there, formed their own company, so it was a good, you know, nimble... um, uh, adaptation to the new market, launching you know, four new titles into this, um, this uh, strange new media environment, which was a really bold thing to do, but they're brand new and created in this new environment. Do they really need, seeing as they were established under these conditions, do they really need um, uh, money to be able to employ more people for, a, for something they've already launched as a new kind of business product?
1: We um, we weren't looking to support startups, um, and it, which is why the criteria actually has a six month. Um, you know, something has to be you know up and running for six months, and School Road fits that criteria. Um, and I think that um, what they're doing is is new and innovative, and um, and I think that that does deserve support. Um, obviously, the assessors thought so too because the, um, because they supported that that role, and again, it's another um, a role that will support Marty and Pacific journalism. And Rowan, also, some in recent months,
0: some opposition politicians and some former journalists have. Uh, commented negatively about the Public Interest Journalism Fund. They say it creates um, a kind of financial dependence, which they don't believe is healthy, on funding from government, and also that there could be kind of political compromises, that it would uh, result in running soft on the government, things like that. We've also heard, you know, listening to talk radio, people raising this kind of unprompted, talking about the team of 55 million, so they're obviously even aware of the sum that's available in the fund for, um, from the public purse. Are you concerned about a public perception and even some, um, uh, mainly veteran journalists, who um, think this isn't a healthy development, that there should be uh, this public purse, this government uh, largesse for the industry?
1: Um, I'm 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 not entirely sure where this comes from, and and where the evidence is to suggest that we somehow have uh, some influence over the editorial of of the media. We do not. Um, New Zealand On Air has been running for you know 32 years, and they have often funded, or, or, or in fact every year they fund um, factual scripted um, programs programming. Um, That you know that that is unbiased um, and and does not necessarily you know is is not a a a government mouthpiece and the New Zealand the the um, the public interest journalism fund is not set up to be a mouthpiece of the government. It is set up to provide public interest journalism that actually holds power to account. And if you actually looked at what we're funding and looked at the projects that we're funding, you would see that that's exactly what we're doing. So I know that it's very easy for people to stand on the sidelines and snipe, but actually they I have yet to see any evidence that we have done anything that would somehow influence the editorial outcomes of the media. And remembering that we're only funding a very small amount of what the media does we are in no way funding the entire operations of of, of um, organisations or media companies. We're only funding very targeted public interest journalism, journalism that holds power to account, uh, you know, and does all of the things that actually uh, have been eroded over time because uh, companies have bottom lines to worry about, and you know, aren't necessarily. Um, you know, completely committed to being members of the fourth estate because they have those bottom lines that actually inform how they make decisions so, um, you know this fund actually provides some relief to them for instance, you know, the court reporting scheme for instance is is a really good example you know, Um, and the local government scheme is another really good example because I understand how it's really hard for a newspaper to sit there and go, you know we really don't have the money and the time to allow a reporter to sit in a council meeting day after day and maybe not even get a story out of it. However, from a public interest journalism perspective, what's important is that the journalist is in the room. And so funding that is fundamental to you know enabling our democracy to really function as it should. But
0: you don't, you don't agree that it would create a kind of dependence? These are two-year roles, and if the money runs out or the government changes and the current opposition clearly doesn't support it, uh, you know, there would be a concern that uh, all this would fall away. Do you worry about that?
1: Sustainability has been an issue, you know, right from the word go. We've always raised it. We've always saying to people, can you think of ways to be more sustainable? Can you think of ways that this role would continue post the fund? But, you know, that's really... that's beyond our (laughs) that's beyond our scope really we've been asked to run the fund and we're running it as well as we can and uh you know how the 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 media is is funded in the future will be up to to the government and and the industry to decide
0: that was new zealand on air head of journalism raywin rash